Welcome to Tauri's Community Church. We hope this talk helps you in figuring it out because we believe that when people discover truth and love, they are able to face life in a different kind of way and come alive. If this talk is relevant for you and you wish to discover more, please head over to tauraisecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. And with that, we hope you enjoy today's talk. You know, Jesus tells this story in Matthew chapter 14 about when he came walking across the water and uh, in the middle of the night and the apostles, you know, they, they my goodness, what, what is this going on? And Peter was the one who actually said, Lord, uh, call to me and I'll come to you. And, and Jesus did. And Peter got out of the boat. What an experience that would have been for Peter. Um, he was the only one. The, the 12 who are in the boat who actually walked on water. Uh, that I know of, he's probably the only person in history apart from Jesus to have actually walked on water. And when we get engaged in doing ministry, it's a bit like walking on water uh, in the sense that uh, there is a thrill where it takes us out of our comfort zone, we get stretched. But you know, each and every one of us is called uh, to ministry. Now, I'm going to forewarn you about where I'm going to go with this message today and where I want to end this message. At the end of the message, I'm going to simply ask you whether you'll say yes to Jesus and the fact of his calling each and every one of us to ministry. Now, let's be clear about this. I'm, I'm not saying that you have to go off and, uh, to Bible college and do study or anything like that. You don't have to get a funny little dog collar that you wear around your, your neck. You don't have to give up your day job. Uh, because ministry can take place wherever you are. And I'm going to unpack that today, what it's all about. Um, and in doing that, I'm going to, to look at, um, at some two stories of, uh, in relation to Jesus and those who would follow him. And up until this point, the ministry had been done by Jesus. And uh, as Jesus went along, his 12 apostles and a bunch of others were actually looking over his shoulder and, and watching what was happening as Jesus was teaching, Jesus was casting out demons, Jesus performing miracles, Jesus was healing the sick. And that's okay because that was the apprenticeship that they went on. That was fine. But you know what? An apprentice isn't meant to stay an apprentice for the rest of their life. Does that make sense? There comes a point when the apprentice is supposed to have actually taken on board what they've actually been drilled in and has had an experience of and seen and learnt so that they can actually become the master in themselves. So as Jesus had been going along, healing the sick and, and doing all of these things, there came a day, and we'll read about the story of this in a second, there came a day where he took the twelve and he sent them out. He sent them out uh, to, to actually go and do these things themselves. And they came back pretty excited uh, because they'd stepped out of the boat in their own way. But then it didn't just stop with the 12, the, the, Jesus' A-team. It then went to the next load, uh, which was the 72, which was a whole bunch of other followers who were there. And they got out of the boat as well. And they went out and they did ministry. And so what happened is that ministry multiplied. It multiplied from one person, which is Jesus, to 12 people, which are the disciples, uh, to the apostles, and then to 72 people. Because ministry is for all of us. And each person who says yes to following Jesus is confronted with the question, Will I say yes to actually becoming his ambassador, his minister? So let's look at 
at the first of these stories. The first of these stories is in Luke chapter 9, where Jesus is with his A-team. And I'll read this out. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave that town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And so they set out and they went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. What an incredible experience. Can you imagine how they would have felt that day when they actually went out and they, but instead of being the apprentices and spectators, they actually went out in their own right to do these things. Well, then Luke chapter 10 describes the next uh, bit. After they came back, uh, Jesus sent out for 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two. He sent them out in teams. So, the, you know, if there's a lot of comfort and confidence going in teams, uh, teams, it's a lot easier than just going out one by one. The original 12 went out probably as ones. Um, they'd been drilled as the A team, but, but then Jesus sent them out two by two. And he sent them ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. I think what Jesus is saying here, you know, there's no good time, no perfect time to go out. I mean, who'd want to go out like a lamb amongst the wolves? Wouldn't we say, hey, Jesus, can't we wait for a better time? Can't we wait until the wolves go away? But Jesus is actually saying, go. There's no perfect time. Just go. Just go. Just be obedient because I'm going to be going with you. Go. I'm sending you out like lambs amongst the wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. In other words, don't get distracted. Just go. And when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. You know, this bit of peace, it was actually the ancient Messiah, messianic blessing of peace, which means, may the peace of the kingdom of God be yours. And so this is actually saying peace to this, bringing peace to this house. It was bringing God's blessing uh, to this house. And, and people would have known what this peace was. They would have known it was a shalom. They would have known it was about God's world coming and invading their world. And so they would have had the choice to, to welcome it and receive it or to, to do otherwise. The passage says, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. So these two stories, very, very similar. And this is a pattern for us, friends. It's a pattern that Jesus did himself. It's a pattern he had the 12 to and it's a pattern he had the 72 to do, and it's a pattern he actually calls for us. One of the things that happened um, in the Christian world hundreds of years ago was there was a professionalism of the clergy that actually happened, where the, the, uh, the work of ministry was taken out of the hands of ordinary people and was put into the hand of the professionals. You know, the word clergy comes from the same word as cleric, and back in the Middle Ages, uh, the clergy was, oh, were often the only people in a village who could actually read. 
And so they were needed to execute legal documents to do a whole range of things. They were the village professionals. And they were the ones who could read the Bible and who could uh, minister uh, the word of God to people. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be that way. Uh, the, the work of a clergy was never to, uh, meant to become something that only a limited few took on. You see, what Scripture talks about, what Jesus taught, what, what Jesus modelled, what the New Testament teaches... It's about every person becoming a minister. And that's why the Holy Spirit uh, will equip each and every one of us with spiritual gifts so that we are empowered to go out and to do the ministry as ambassadors of Jesus. Jesus is not physically present on this earth today, but his people are here. And his Holy Spirit is here empowering us and leading us and guiding us. And we're to be the, the hands and feet and mouth of Jesus as we take his love to a world which so badly needs it. Now, Jesus told us in, in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give you that you'll, what does he say next? That you'll love one another as I have loved you. By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. See, but one of the hallmarks of a disciple is that we actually love like Jesus did. We take his love to a world which so badly needs it, like Jesus would if he was here today. And so as Jesus sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 72, he sent them out to, to take his love to a world which didn't know him and hadn't received his love. You see, Jesus loved people in two particular ways. By doing good works, like including uh, the miraculous and healing the sick, and by sharing the good news. And the thing is, friends, I want you to understand this. I want you to remember this, that these two things aren't meant to be separable. They are meant to be inseparable. It's just like with this coin. One side is a head and the other side is a tail. Is that right? Is, yeah, yes, good. One or two of you will confirm, but that's great. So this coin, you can't separate the head from the tail. You can't separate it. It's, it's two sides of the same coin. And in terms of ministry, the two sides of the same coin are doing the good works, which is taking the love of Jesus in practical ways, and also uh, being prepared to share the good news, which is taking the love of Jesus uh, in a way where people can actually choose to receive are not meant to be separable. And so Jesus sent his followers out with his same two inseparable goals in mind. You see, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, to share the good news and also to do the good works. Now, let's unpack this a little bit further. Uh, there is a, probably the do, pre predominant social researcher in Australia is called McCrindle Research. I put out some great stuff. There's heaps of resources on the web as well. <clears throat> and just a few weeks ago, they put out a report which is called The Future of a Church in Australia. And in one little segment of that report, they make it really clear that um, their survey has shown that evangelism, social justice and discipleship are, are inseparable. In fact, many leaders uh, realise this, but the practice is often quite different. Uh, what happens when we do separate um, the good works and the good news and, and just say, do the good works without the good news? Well, two things I want to mention quickly. One is that we'll lead people towards ourselves rather than Jesus. 
You know, if we're just doing all the good works, but Jesus isn't seen to be part of it and we're not sharing the good news, it's all about us and the good works that we're doing. And we bring glory to ourselves. But friends, that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to bring glory to him. He wants us to point people towards him. You see, we're not to be the destination. We're to be the guides who are leading people uh, towards Jesus. Of course, it's up to them totally as to whether they make a faith decision or not. But that's not up to us. And so we can't pressure, we can't cajole, we can't do any of those things. We shouldn't do those things. But we have to give people the opportunity to, to decide whether they say yes or whether they say no. But it's totally their choice. But how... How can people say yes if they actually have not given the information, if they're not, not given the opportunity? How can we do this? Uh, Kate, not yet. There'll be another McCrindle one I'll mention soon. Just excuse me while I chat to Kate for a while, won't you? Yeah. And so the second point, the second um, thing that happens when uh, we do good works without the good news is this. People will never achieve wholeness without being reconciled to God. Do you get that? People will never achieve wholeness without being reconciled to God. There'll always be something missing in their lives. So we can minister through good works to the needs on one level, but unless we're prepared to share the good news, there's the deepest needs on a whole different le level that will never actually be ministered to. Now, a quote up on the screen from... Um, Russell Evans, who's the senior pastor of Panel Shaker, he says it like this, social justice is important, we'll feed and clothe and do all that, but it's an injustice to do that without giving them the opportunity to respond to Jesus. Isn't that true? I hope you believe that's true. Do you believe that's true? Yeah. So if we truly love people, we want to provide love in action but also tell people about the love that Jesus has for them. And this is a ministry of reconciliation that we're given. You see, the greatest ministry of all is this ministry of reconciliation because it isn't until we're reconciled to God that we can become whole, that we'll be healed, that our soul will be deeply ministered to, that we'll be restored to his likeness and that we'll have our eternity secured. So we're spiritual beings, we're living on planet earth, but our eternal home is in heaven with God. And for those that have decided to follow Jesus, we're, on, we're, we're home. Even though we're here on earth, we're still home because we're reconciled to God. But for those that don't know Jesus, there's a whole part of them which is missing out. Eternity begins right here, right now on this earth. But if we're not reconciled to God, we, we miss out on that. And there will be this emptiness that, that stays with us all of our life here on this earth. And that emptiness will, will, will cause us to have... Well, what causes that emptiness will cause us to have an eternity without Christ. There's nothing more that I want from people than to see them to come home. Like the prodigals coming home to the Father and to receiving the father's love. You know, the father's love never stopped for the prodigal, but it wasn't until they came home that they could actually experience that. And friends, we have such an important role in actually being 
being here to be Jesus to people in terms of taking his, his love but also his good news to people. So let's unpack um, this a little bit more. Let's unpack a bit more about what it is to do good works. You see, everything Jesus did was motivated by love. Do we understand that? He came to, to this earth uh, because of love. And that's why he died, because of love. He did it for people like us. And whilst he lived amongst us, he demonstrated the love of the most, most incredible kind. Jesus did works by healing the sick, by setting free the demon afflicted, by caring for the poor, by befriending the lonely, by, by accepting the rejected, by forgiving those who persecuted, by blessing those who, who cursed him, by giving life-giving wisdom and teaching to help people work out life and to work out faith. That was what Jesus did. And if we don't get engaged with people who need our love in action, well, let's be frank, we actually don't love them. We can't just say, I love you, I really care for you, and then not give a damn. That's actually shown in our actions, can we? If we truly love someone, we're going to be moved to action. We're going to be moved to action. A follower of Jesus, we're called to do as Jesus did, to put his love on the ground. Just a question for you, just to ponder for a second. How are you doing that? I know so many of you, perhaps all of you, are doing it in different ways, um, which is fantastic. But how are you actually putting your love on the ground for people? How are you ministering to people? How are you reaching out to people? How are you stopping for the one who needs perhaps that word or that, that encouragement or that touch? Of course, pre-COVID and, you know, we're talking about, you know what I'm talking about, 1.5 metres away you can, you can touch or you can rub elbows or whatever. It's not quite the same, is it? But how are you actually doing this? How are you showing love to people? Well, as a church, we do this in so many ways. In fact, we're a church, we're actually a house which is really built on love. And last week I mentioned uh, the young man that we're giving an apprenticeship to. Now, it won't be an easy journey. There's going to be ups and downs as we go through this, but it's one of the many ways that we as a church uh, do love people by doing good works. It's one of the ways that we actually want to be practical in our love. But there's so many opportunities for you to get engaged through the church here in loving those who need to experience the love of Jesus. And also, not just through the church, there are other ways that you can get involved as well. Uh, for example, with, with uh, Holly and Naomi and the work they do at Shine at Riverside High School. And then again, there's uh, the Cap Debt Centre and the Cap Finance as with Roz and Liz Lefborg, and then there's Kids Church with Lizzie Jessen and, um, and Alana, and then there's Youth Group with John Owen and his team, and teams for each of those areas too, of course, and school holiday programs with Sharon and the team. These are just a couple of the ways that we actually uh, reach out in practical, practical ways. For all of these and more, if you, if you want to, to join one of these ministries, you know, we're, we're all the time looking for, for members of the teams. But of course, you've got to, be, you've got to apply to join the ministry because it's, um, you know, we've got to be, be uh, sure that you're fair dinkum and if it's with kids, you've got to have your working with children card or at least be eligible to get it. Say if it's with youth, 
Well, you've got to like you for a start and be able to communicate with them. It's no good putting your hand up here. I'll go and help out with you if you really can't stand them. Um, and so for each of these areas, um, you know, we, we want people who are eligible and suitable to be able to, to apply to work in these areas. Um, but there's one more special ministry I just want to, to mention. And I put a post up in the Facebook group yesterday about this. With Baby Sensory and Toddler Sense, this term, we've got 105 families uh, that are actually engaged in a 10-week course. Yeah, okay, it's overwhelming, isn't it? 105 families, you think about that. 105, I think they're all mums and kids that are actually coming along week in, week out for this course. It's a harvest field. You see, this... Baby sensory and toddler sense, yeah, sure, it's a program, but it's more than a program because it's a ministry. It's a really, really important ministry where we take the love of Jesus to, to, out to the broader community. You see, the children benefit from the sen sensory development that's actually being uh, provided. Uh, the parents uh, benefit by being supported, by learning, by developing friendships. Uh, there's so many ways in which uh, these these programs, these ministries provide a positive benefit uh, to people. But you know, ministry is more than loving in, in practical ways by just doing good works. It must involve sharing the good news as well. And by the way, sharing the good news without doing good works, I think, sucks. I, I, I think, you know, you've got to show that you love people and prepare to put yourself out too. So someone who just wants to go and preach at you, that, that doesn't have my buy-in. But the two are meant to work together, you know, doing, doing good works and then sharing the good news together. That's what Jesus did. That's what he modelled. That's what he calls us to do. You can't just separate one from the other. Now, see, um, with this ministry here, for example, Baby Sensory, it must involve sharing the good news. Otherwise, people who are open and searching will be like sheep without a shepherd. And you know what that is? Lost. How will people find uh, what they're after, find, find the answers to some of eternity's deepest needs, unless there are people like us who are prepared to, come, prepared to come alongside, to love them and to share with them? Now, a, a bit more McCrindle research. Um, McCrindle, some years ago, in, in uh, a study a couple of years ago, found that half of all Australians, that's 52%, say that they would be open to some extent, to changing the religious views given the right circumstances and evidence. You see, friends, the thing is that people are not closed to spiritual things. People are not closed at all. Uh, they just need to have a credible uh, experience of people who follow Jesus and also who can actually lead people on that pathway. McCrindle also found out, in a, uh, stated in a report that was released a few weeks ago, that Christian leaders believe Australians have become disillusioned with the church as an institution. I can't say I blame them. And this is partly due to the church culture becoming detached from everyday Australian experience. You know, the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, uh, talks about that, that first church that transformed the, 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 the city at the time and really the known world. And the ripples keep going down, uh, down through history to today. 
And it said they enjoyed the favour of the people, with many more being saved and added to their number every day. How do you enjoy the favour of the people? It's only by being engaged with the people. Being engaged, but it's got to move beyond just pure engagement so that people can receive salvation, that people can receive the word of God, the word of Christ, which will take from, from, from this life into an eternal life. Friends, will you be part of this? Will you be part of this? This is, whether it be a baby sensory or anywhere else, this is the call to ministry that we're all being given. So with baby sensory, we have an incredible opportunity to not only do good works through the programs and the incredible work that Alana does, but share good news to people who are in need. People aren't closed. Most people aren't closed. There is an openness. There is an openness. Do you know we've got, uh, half, as Mary said, half a dozen or seven or so baptisms coming up in two weeks' time? Um, probably with the exception of one person who uh, came to faith a year or two ago, everyone else who's getting baptised um, has only started coming to church this year. Our world is full of spiritual seekers just waiting for people who carry the love of Jesus but also the message of Jesus in an appropriate way. Will you be one of those people? Will you be a room full of those people? Because that's the potential that we have and that's what Jesus calls us to be. If we're to follow him, we have no choice. But the thing that gets in our way often is our willpower. Where we say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow Jesus? It's a pathway for us to grow in. It involves the good works, but also the, the good news. The two are inseparable. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent them out, so they went out from village to village, uh, proclaiming the good news and heal, healing people everywhere. Again, 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 we said, for good news and the good works together, hand in hand, and that's what ministry is about. Ministry, true ministry, is where we do both of them hand in hand. Not just good works. As I said earlier, one of the real traps if we're just doing the good works and not bringing Jesus into the equation, all we're doing is leading people towards us. And there is one who is greater than us, who we are here to, to be the guide to, to bring people towards and Luke chapter 9 and 10, the apostles and the other followers of Jesus, they went out under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. They, they boldly shared the good news. Now, I know a lot of people here today probably aren't comfortable with sharing the good news. But guess what? Well, three things. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Trust me, it's not that hard. Repeat after me. It's not that hard. There, see, you're all convinced because you all repeated after me. If only we were like that. You see, what we're to do is to look for people who are receptive and open. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10. Go out and find people who receive your peace. You know, if your peace returns to you, well, in other words, are people who are closed and who won't receive the blessing of peace, which is the gospel. And if people are closed, that's cool. You just wipe the dust off your feet and go on and find someone else. Now, over the years, uh, 
years ago, I used to get so head up about having to share the gospel. I used to teach it with Willow Creek Association around Australia, teach how to share the gospel, and I'd go and do it. It wasn't particularly effective. And part of it was because I thought, it's my obligation to go and share the gospel. But what I've realised is it's my obligation to see if people are interested or not first. And the way I, I say it is that it's like a door. You come to a door, you give the door a little bit of a general nudge. And if the door opens a little bit more, you just take it a little bit further. If it opens a little bit more, you take it a little bit further. But if the door closes, that's fine. Or if it, there's resistance, that's fine. You go as far uh, as you can until you experience that resistance. Uh, but we're not here to, to, uh, to, to convince people or to, to make people listen to us. We're here to find where the door is open and to actually go, go through that doorway. You know, Alpha is a, an incredible resource as an example. If you're not comfortable in sharing the good news uh, and articulate in how to do that, invite people to an Alpha group and use the, the Alpha film series. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And uh, you can just sit down there and, and watch a, the film with them for 25 minutes. That's what each episode roughly goes for. And then just ask questions. What did you think of that? That's, that's all we do in our Alpha groups. And you know what? People have found faith this year in this church through a range of different alpha groups that have been offered. There's no pressure. But it's just, hey, do you want to check out um, uh, this series on, on the Christian faith? No pressure. Are you interested in doing that? I asked a couple a few weeks ago and they said, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. They don't go to church anywhere. They're in one of our alpha small groups. Um, you've got nothing to lose. If, you, if People will feel pressure, pressured if you feel pressured. If you can be chilled out and relaxed about it and natural about it, people's response generally will also be natural. Does that make sense? So the first thing, it's not that hard. Really, it's not that hard. Um, the second thing is be equipped. In other words, have a clear way of explaining the gospel, whether it be um, like the three circles illustration or some other illustration of the gospel or, or even just inviting people to Alpha and being prepared to put up an Alpha group. You know, for the mums in baby uh, sensory, for example, why not invite some of the mums uh, along to, to come and do an Alpha with you? See, get to know them. Just don't mix with yourselves, uh, the ones who come to the church. Just break out of those circles. Mix with mums who don't know Jesus and see if there's an openness and an opportunity there uh, where you can love on those, those mums, where you can actually um, get the chance to minister to them, um, say, hey, can I pray for you in relation to this? Um, are, are you interested in coming along and doing an alpha group? We've got a bunch of the mums coming to do an alpha group soon. It's not that hard, but be, be equipped, be prepared with having a pathway. And like I said, be prepared. You know, um, I've snow skied before. Um, I know how to do it. I lasted it 35 years ago. What do you reckon it would be like if I got on the slopes today? Well, injury comes to mind. <laughs> and some of you may have learned how to share the gospel 35 years ago or 25 years ago, 15 years ago. But are you prepared to share it today? And what I've come to realise is that instead of just being taught how to share it, we need to train and practice, train and practice, train and practice, train and practice, train and practice. So it becomes second nature. We become comfortable with it. Dallas Willard once said that we, we overestimate what we can do through trying and we underestimate what we can do through training. And so just find someone to actually be prepared to try and explain the gospel to. Tell you what I'll do. 
I've got um, a little video clip I put together on 10 practical hints for sharing the gospel. I'll put that up in the Tarras Community Facebook group uh, so you can, you can have a look at that if you're interested. Um, so if you're not in the Tarras Community Facebook group, just apply to join and, and we'll let you in. If people like us aren't prepared to, to share our faith with the people that we're connected with, who will? How will they hear if people like us aren't prepared to share? Again, I look at the baby sensory and the toddler sense groups. Wouldn't it be fantastic? At the moment, there are eight groups running, and I presume it'll be the same next year. Eight groups, morning and afternoon, over four days a week. Alana needs help, not just to run the program, but to, to love on the ladies who are there. If a mum came along and positioned herself in every group so that there was someone who's loved Jesus and had been on this pathway, they came along and put themselves in every group, just loved on the mums, blessed them, befriended them, asked how they were going, asked if, if they could pray for them, did coffee with them, listened to them, got to know them seeing if, if they're receptive if they're not receptive, cool, no worries still love them if they're receptive, look at doing an alpha and perhaps share your testimony perhaps talk a bit about your own journey about what you have learned friends, it's not hard we've got so many ministry opportunities in front of us both through what we offer as a church and where you spend your time and your work, your hobbies there's so many opportunities that we have. So we're to be ministers of Jesus wherever we go, not just in the church programs, but 24-7 wherever we go. Now I think the, the question as to whether what we do is a ministry or something else, it depends on whether we're seeking two outcomes, whether we're prepared to, uh, to do good works, to love people, and we're prepared to love people by sharing the good news. Now, there might be a group of people that we're mixing with, say, socially, and we think it's our ministry just mixing with them and we're socially there. But unless we're actually taking steps in terms of sharing the good news or inviting them along to an alpha or church or whatever, intentionally putting in steps to try and take them on the journey, it's, it's not ministry, it's social time. Ministry involves two these two things and they're inseparable. People always have choices, but our choice is to be intentional about, about loving people in word and also in deed. Just in closing, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. Friends, the harvest is everywhere. And I've just been focusing on baby sensory and toddler sensory. Imagine 105 families currently engaged in this church, most of whom uh, don't know Jesus. That is a harvest field. Just said. Imagine if even half of those came to faith. Another 50 families coming to faith. Imagine if, if uh, more than that came to faith. That would be incredible. The harvest is there. We are never short of the harvest. And the harvest is not disinterested. The problem is always in the workers. Jesus said that years and years ago. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
And friends, we are the workers of the harvest field. Jesus said, go, I am sending you. And that's my question. Will you say yes to Jesus by being prepared to go with word and deed into the harvest field, where it be where we work, amongst our families and friends, in our schools, uh, in the ministries that we have here in the church, baby sensory, toddler sense, youth group, school holiday program, kids ministry, the list goes on. <sighs> Do you want to be a minister of Jesus? Or are you saying that's for someone else? I can't convince you. I'm not going to try. But I will challenge you. If we say yes to following Jesus, we just don't follow him to church. We follow him into the harvest. We follow him into the harvest. I'm going to pray in a sec. But I just want to give you a moment just to a moment of silence just to decide what your response will be will you say yes to becoming a worker for the harvest will you say yes to Jesus and his call to ministry yes, come and talk to myself or Sharon or one of the ministry leaders of the different ministries. Send me a note, send me a message, send us a note or send us a message. If you want specific equipping or training, let us know. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve you. We're help, here to help you become the ministers that Jesus Christ calls you to be. But that decision can only come from in here. Let's all stand and I'll close in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the men and women here today. I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here today. I thank you for Jesus who, woke, woke, uh, who, who stepped on this earth, walked this earth 2,000 years ago. I thank you for his teaching, which transcends time. I thank you for his presence which trans eternity. Father God, I thank you that your call is that you want each and every one of us to be your ambassadors, each and every one of us to be your ministers, to go out and to heal the sick and to proclaim the good news. I thank you that you give your Holy Spirit to us to empower us to do so. I thank you that you want to take us on this most incredible journey where we don't just look at the picture books and just don't know about it, but we actually walk in it and we experience it. And Father, for every man and woman here today who wants to say yes to the call to ministry, Father God, I, I just proclaim your blessings upon them and ask that your Holy Spirit will fall afresh upon them. Lord, that you'll set 
in fire, instead of fire in their hearts that will never be extinguished, Lord God. That there will be a time, never a time which they'll say no uh, to you. That there will never be a time when they'll, they'll turn back and say, I just want to, I just want to live a, a life where I'm, I'm not stretched. But Lord God, that you'll stretch us and that you'll take us on this most incredible journey beyond our wildest imaginations. And Lord, that you'll, you'll use us to see many, many, many people loved and coming into your kingdom, Father God. And that glory will be given to you, Father. Father, we pray for the people of our city who are like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. Father, we pray for men and women like us to go out into the harvest as you send us and to bring them home. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this talk. We've created a free resource for this series which is available for you over at tauracecommunitychurch.com.au forward slash services. You'll find links in the description. We are praying for you. Have a great week.